0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. All year, Black Type have been offering a £10 free football selection for anyone that signs up using the offer code NTT20. That offer is still open to NTT20 pod listeners. Do check Black Type out today. And scoreboard is another way of trying to bash Black Type. That is the game where you choose a nil-nil and a game with over 4.5 goals across the EFL. Uh, If you tweet us our picks, uh, sorry, if you tweet us your picks, at NTT20Pod, at BlackTypeBet, you can enter the competition. I'm joined over the phone by George Allen. George, this is physically, and we're not even physically together, but this is physically the first time we could possibly have recorded a pod on Friday morning. So how are you getting on in Cheltenham week?
1: Okay, yeah, um... Uh, I've had a cold all week, which probably means I'm feeling better, ironically, than I would be if I didn't have a cold come Friday, because um, I've been having a pretty quiet one. If anyone's at Channel today and they've seen me walking around the uh, the course, and they think I'm wearing lipstick. It's not lipstick. I've just got unbelievably trapped lips.
0: Nice. Um,
1: so so don't <laughs> worry about that. And also, I guess um, another thing we can mention is that um, you know, if you're looking to have a better at, at Channel Festival today, then Black Type are a pretty good bookie to use for that as well, because they are very, very aggressive with their pricing, So you're getting good prices. Left, right, and centre, but um, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, can't say the same for you last week, mate. Sadly, um, but it, I, I feel like it's it's good that one of us got up the clean sweep uh, during the season. Sadly, it was a clean sweep against uh, minus seven for you, which is a bit of a blow. But I have every confidence you're going to bounce back. Um, and I managed to land a long shot, which for about on a, luckily on a Friday night um, in the in the one 0 win for Chanmere, and that meant that I was in the profit for. a about 12 hours in the
0: profit moment. overall for the season
1: overall for the season for about 12 hours so people you know we get a lot of a lot of chats and, and as we've always said given the structure of the tips we have to provide if i can end up in the green come uh, mid-may i'll be pretty happy um so it's uh yeah, minus 24.84 for you and minus 3.64 for me
0: yeah it's a long way off for me that was a, t- a truly disastrous last week uh, on the betting show we'll go again but this knowing week. you
1: Knowing you, I know you put in the time and the hours to make sure that that changes this time.
0: Sure, exactly. Well, um, <laughs> um, we we we've got a match in focus, and it's Bradford against Oxford, not Sheffield United against Leeds, which is undoubtedly the big game of the weekend in the Championship. Uh, but this is a big game for for other reasons. Many of the regular listeners will know that the League One relegation battle is disgusting this season. There are 10 teams in it, more or less, from AFC Wimbledon at the very bottom on 36 points to Plymouth in mid-table in 12th on 45 points. That's 13 teams divided by just nine uh, points. And, well, Oxford very much in the mix, 21st at the moment on 40. Bradford even worse off currently. Uh, they are 23rd with 36 points, uh, but there's a, a bit of positivity around the place after the appointment of Gary Bowyer. I suppose to start with, George, given this is our matching focus and given you are a big Oxford United fan, how do you feel about this game from a fan point of view, first and foremost?
1: Unbelievably nervous. Um, it, it's just, I mean, these, these are two teams who, if you look to their squads on paper, there's absolutely no way they should both be languishing in the relegation zone at this stage of the season. Um, I would definitely argue that it's mismanagement um, on both sides that has led to that. I think that Kyle Robinson has, has consistently failed to get a good tune out of a set of players who should be at least in the top half, who've been expensively assembled. Um, and the only difference being is that he has been able to to keep his uh, his role at the club. I think that the mismanagement at Bradford has come from, from higher than the manager. I think David Hopkins was on hiding to nothing, um, whereas Michael Collins wasn't even given... Uh, more than a couple of weeks to try and implement what he wanted to do at the club, but the fact remains that you know the likes of, of, of Owen Doyle and Jack Payne and, and Marcus Brown <coughs> and Gavin White and Curtis Nelson these are guys who who just uh, shouldn't be fighting for a batting relegation in this league. Um, so and and neither team can you can really say comes into it in, in great form. Gary Bowie's arrival seems to have instilled some positivity at Bradford. Um, a, a good three one win at home was followed by a defeat at home to Luton, which is not necessarily. Which is nothing to be embarrassed about, and um, but Bradford's away form really is shocking. Um, you, you have to look back to uh, back to December for their only away league win um, since since November, and that was a, a thumping win against Rochdale. But generally, their away form is absolutely horrific, and um, given that's all, what you're clinging on to. <laughs> well, I think it's even clinging on to. I, I think I think if you're, I think it's impossible to say with any conviction that Bradford's um, will put on a show away from home, regardless of positivity, regardless of, of the personnel. I mean, the, the evidence within the results, within the numbers, is that this is a team who are in the relegation zone, who do not travel well at all away from home, and for whatever reason are, are worse than some of their parts. For all of the negativity around Oxford, the opposite can be said. I mean, they are a team who, who generally are very, very hard to beat, at the Kassam Stadium this season. I mean, there have been some really, really poor results. But generally, the, the, the 1-0 defeat against against Peterborough, a bit of an anomaly, given the, the the results and the performances against much, much better teams. So, I mean, you've got to look at Portsmouth, Barnsley, Sunderland, Dan Scunthorpe all coming away um, without the win in the, just in the last couple of months. So, I'm not positive about Oxford at all at the moment. Um, I still think that, given the, the Jekyll and Hyde nature of the team, there'll be enough good performances to outweigh the bad ones. Um, looking, I was at the Gillingham game, where despite losing to Gillingham and despite p- playing very, very poorly, Gillingham by no means um, d- deserved to win the game on merit. Um, and then again, again at Rochdale, whilst a nil-nil draw is, is particularly uninspiring and and the and the result was fairly poor, it, it wasn't a, a game where Oxford were battered or or, or uh, gave up a lot of chances and were lucky to hold on to the to the draw. So, it, it, I, I'd say it's easy to be swayed by the different levels of positivity at the club currently, especially within the fan bases. But what's going on in the pitch doesn't compel me to, to necessarily side with either home or away team, given the way that Oxford are playing at the moment where they're struggling to score goals, but also keeping it pretty pretty solid at the back. I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a pretty low-margin game. Um, but instead of siding with a goals-based bet, I think I'm just going to go straight up for the draw. And uh, and at 12-5, to five, I think it's going to be another cagey game where both teams are going to be desperate not to lose. And I, I just don't see enough... Um, in Bradford to suggest that they'll be one of the teams that goes to the Sam Stadium and gets a result.
0: Yeah, you might have heard a, quite an alarmed scrambling uh, on my end, as you said. I don't care if they've got really good players and I don't care if they're feeling positive after the new manager uh, arrival. Uh, that was It was as if you were reading my notes for my pick oh, no. uh, <laughs> off the screen. Um, so, I mean, look, my, my pick is Bradford draw no bet in this game. I agree with you that... I I don't for a moment think they're going to turn up to the cast and um, suddenly be the sort of top seven, top six team that they perhaps should be on paper or or certainly not a team that should be in 23rd on merit. That's for sure. But uh, if it is a low scoring game and I would expect it to be, um, then, you know, I do look at. And it's not to say that Oxford don't have quality of their own, but just at the prices, essentially, um, Bradford uh, in the match result of about three to one to win this. So the draw, the draw no bet that I'm taking at thirteen to eight. Um, I just like, I, I just like it as an option between what I consider to be two teams fairly well matched. Uh, one in Bradford, who, you know, it is hard to measure positivity, and it is hard to mani- uh, ma- measure new manager impacts just off the base of two games. Um, the game against against uh, Peterborough was a, a very, very good win. The loss against Luton, they didn't have much of the play at all. It was probably um, fairly lucky that it was only 1-0. So some positive signs. It's interesting to me that he, uh, by which I mean Gary Bowyer has gone in and uh, looks to fancy playing a diamond formation, which does kind of make sense. We think of the best players that they have on paper, um, be it the central attacking players like Doyle, um, Ball up front, uh, sort of number 10 types like Payne, who hasn't played in either game so far, um, which I find quite interesting. Uh, and central midfielders such as uh, Akpan and, and Jacob Butterfield, of course, you don't really think of their their of their of wingers or wide forwards as being particularly a strong part of their game. So um, I think it's a system that... In theory and on paper, does get a lot out of this squad, and of course, a, a very um, the the formation du jour at the moment. I would say uh, across the EFL, partly because of Luton's uh, own four diamond two going very well. Anyway, um, I, I I just find myself wanting to be on Bradford's side here. I'm probably put off by ever uh, picking Oxford to win. I don't think they've ever come <laughs> in for me. So um, Bradford draw no bet for me in this one at at, at thirteen to eight. Uh, and you've gone for a draw.
1: So that means Oxford win. Yeah, almost Crash certainly. I um Perfect.
0: I just yeah, I guess one of the things with the with the diamond formation is the the major weakness is if, is if opposition fullbacks are also, you know, a big threat going forward and that is certainly not the case I don't think with Yellow. So that helps no. me to feel a little bit better. Let's get into our picks now. Uh, where's your best bet this weekend in the EFL?
1: I think this is an absolute cracker. Um I think it's a tough week this week, but I like this one. Um it is uh, Sheffield Wednesday to beat Blackburn at home, at eleven to ten.
0: Like, there's so many teams in the Championship with a sim, like between eleven to ten and six to five this weekend. Leeds, Brentford, Hull, Preston, Sheffield Wednesday, Forest. It's basically,
1: and none of them, none of them, I liked about more than Sheffield Wednesday. Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just for whatever reason. I mean, I've been saying all season that I, you know, I wasn't really a fan of of the Sheffield Wednesday of old, but. Credit to, uh, to to the tanned and, and relaxed and rested Steve Bruce because he he's definitely turned them around massively and, and their home form now really is uh, really is impressive. I mean their form in a, a away from home as well is fairly good, um, but their home form is enough to to really think that at this stage of the season, barring the top couple in the in the league, they should be favourites at Hillsborough in most games. Um, they haven't lost since the, the back end of, of November. They've seen off decent opposition in Preston, who we know Ali do enjoying away day. <laughs>
0: Six um, in a row, boy.
1: They uh they beaten Swansea, they've beaten Brentford. Um, that was just before Brentford went up to um, up to Middlesbrough and did the job on them. They completely shut down the game again against Sheffield United as well. Going into a derby game, there's no question about who had the more talented squad, who was who, who was more you know, who was favourite to win. And they, they managed to shut the game down very, very effectively indeed. And they're coming up against a, a Blackburn team who's away from We've spoken so much about if you're looking at their last recent championship away games since that 2-0 win at, at Millwall. They've conceded five uh, against Brentford, two against Reading, two against Birmingham, and three against Rotherham. Those are four teams. I mean, Brentford obviously very, very good at home. But the last three, I mean, those are three teams who not only uh, are playing fairly poorly at the moment, but are teams that you'd, you'd expect them to at least put up a fight. And this Sheffield Wednesday team are just currently of different quality. Um, so, I personally would you know, say this fairly often when you're backing something at this price, but you'd think this would be heavily odds-on. I think that if you played this game however many times, Sheffield Wednesday would win well over half of them. So, at 11 to 10, I think it ranks as a, as a pretty strong nap.
0: Yeah, nice. My nap is uh, down in League Two. We mentioned last week how at this stage of the season, it is quite difficult to back the, the very top teams, isn't it? Because the prices generally are fairly prohibitive. I'm still going to take what is a very skinny... Four to seven on Berry to beat Cambridge uh, in League Two this weekend. Uh, as we know, Berry really since the start of September or maybe mid-September, are, are, are basically up there with Luton in terms of the best teams in the land just over that time period. Um, they have been absolutely sensational and they do their best work at home. Uh, the, the, the way that they are set up to play and the comfort with which they execute Ryan Lowe's uh, ideas, especially at home, has been nothing short of sensational. They've played 18 won 12 drawn five and lost just one, scoring 45 goals uh, and conceding just 18. So uh, there's really nothing not to like about Bury at home. In terms of Cambridge, they're a side who have just kept themselves above the relegation battle all season, but never moved truly away from it. They're in 20th at the moment, so they're only one point above Port Vale. They're, a point, they're at their level with Morecambe, who are a place above them on goal difference. So, you know, we're not talking about a, a good Cambridge side here. And Colin Calderwood has had not a huge impact in the time that he's had so far. I think it's fair to say. Their away form is, is pretty poor. They've lost uh, 12 of their 18 over the course of the season. Uh, and there's just such a massive golfing class. So when I was looking through the card, when I was... Maybe playing it a bit safer with the nap, because as we know, when you lose the nap, you lose two points, and that can be very damaging to a week's tally. Um, so I'm going to take berry. They are four to seven, uh, and that's my nap this weekend. Let's go to, well, you can choose, but I'm guessing League One's probably the best port of call for you next, having done your championship pick already.
1: Yeah, um, we often talk about about how, um, you know, how game state can, can change the way the games work, and it's so why it's important to look at context when you're looking at how in-game stats have have come out, and this is kind of a season state, I guess. This tip, where well, I'm I'm backing Plymouth to go and get a win at Fleetwood at four at uh, fourteen to five. Fleetwood season is over basically. Um, but after thirty-seven games, they're in tenth position. That you I mean? I, I cannot see. I cannot find a way. They're going to break their way into the playoffs, um, and it looks like they're just about clear. Um, I mean, they are just about clear of any relegation woes. Plymouth, you'd think, are out of it as Can well. Can I just ask, did um,
0: you um, did you mention any of that to Joey Barton when you met him at the races the other day?
1: I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fairness to Joey, you know, it's it's a good thing. Um, I think if you would offered him 10th place in the league at the beginning of the season, he'd have been delighted, mm. as his, um, as his, uh, his bosses. Um, Plymouth, yeah, Plymouth on 45 points, five points clear of the, of the, of the drop zone at the moment. So that you'd think... It's unlikely that they'll get sucked back into it, but they are definitely in a position where points are incredibly important. Fleetwood also have a, a, a massive uh, point uh, goal difference advantage over that chasing pack. So even if they were to on a, on a you know a terrible terrible run out, I do think that 49 points is probably going to see them clear. So here we have a team who are playing very well on the ascendancy in Plymouth. Um, uh, their away form is fine. They've beaten Southend and Peterborough recently. Um, Derek Adams has, has you know not quite the great escape that we saw last season, but even so, something pretty spectacular. Um, whereas, on the other hand, uh, Fleetwoods are, are kind of stuttering along at the moment. You do feel like maybe the, the performances and the results are symptomatic of a team who, as I say, aren't really playing for much anymore. Back-to-back defeats on the road at Walsall and Coventry. Um, at home as well, they've uh, they've won just one of their last five or six, um, which was a very good win against Charlton. One of the last seven, actually. and um, They've been beaten by, by AFC Wimbledon, by Scunthorpe uh, you know they Gillian went there and got a draw recently there's nothing to be too excited about with Fleetwood at the moment and um, and as I say just given the season state given the the, the m- m- more impetus that the Plymouth have to go in this game just I mean this will be the win that would see Plymouth I think probably ho- home and host um which a couple of weeks and months ago seemed very unlikely so it's a bit of a chance there it's a pretty trappy fixture list in League One um and I'm not even going to go for, the, for a draw-no-bet um, insurance or anything because I do think that, that it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Plymouth um, kind of showed up here and Fleetwood didn't. Um, so at 14-5, to five, just going to throw a point at that for my League One pick.
0: Lovely. Uh, I'm back up in the Championship. I mentioned how many teams this year, or this season, uh, or this weekend, rather, um, are a very similar player price between 2.1 and 2.2 or or, um, 11 to 10 and and 6 to 5 you picked Sheffield Wednesday as your selection I'm going to go with Nottingham Forest (coughs) away at Ipswich uh, around 6 to 5 with black type Uh, they've uh, as we spoke on Monday been impressive quite quietly impressive under Martin O'Neill whether people are, are not convinced about the sustainability of the form long term or whether um, people just don't want to give him credit because so many people just decided he was a dinosaur based on um, a, a management spell with Ireland and, and rather ignoring some of his spells in club football. Well, either way, it's it's not been the case. He's, he's been um, quite experimental with his tactics, with his, with his uh, team selections, and generally, uh, this has been a good thing for Forrest. They have not had the best week losing at home to this force of nature that is uh, Aston Villa at the moment. But last weekend, they had a, a very simple win against Nottingham against Hull. Rather, uh, Hull are one of the teams, a bit like QPR, who are struggling to maintain a sort of top-half form um, as we finish the season, which is, is not surprising. With, with These are teams with sort of smaller squads. Uh, but Hull have just dropped out of the top half. Uh, essentially, Ipswich, I think, are very poor. That is nothing new. Um, they've won one away game this season out of 19. Uh, they've lost 13 of them. Um, I think at this stage, looking at some of his team selections and some of the minutes he's been giving to, to academy pro- prospects, um, Paul Lambert is, is clearly sort of just thinking about next year. He's, as we know, working very hard to keep the fans on side and, and doing various things like giving plenty of minutes to, to academy graduates will go some way to doing that. So uh, I say all this to say that I, I think that Nottingham Forrester will be um, a, a, there's a golfing class between the two teams, essentially um and I mentioned Ipswich's uh, away record which was silly of me because they're actually at home in this game um and uh, and that's very bad as well the worst in the league uh, they've won only two of their 18 home games so I'm going to pick Forest here at six to five hoping to see another Joao Carvalho cameo and uh, and goal that would be very nice indeed so league two now for you where are you looking
1: Yeah, we were very keen on Richie Wellens' Swindon and then um, Agent Maxwell goes down to the county ground, has a chat with him and everything falls apart, which I'm uh, obviously gutted about. But I think it's important here not to get too bogged down in a couple of bad results. Um, They were so, so impressive previous to that. Their home form were very, very good indeed, dispatching two class teams in in Colchester and Forest Green. Um, And I think here it's kind of the two bad results have opened up a little bit of a sweet spot. Where you can back them at odds against against a team in Port Vale, who whilst they are, um, you know, that they're improving under John Askey, uh, again I think it's a little bit of a false dawn. Two good home wins, especially the win against Mansfield, but at the same time their away form is is absolutely atrocious. Um, if this game was played a couple of weeks ago, the the twenty three to twenty that's around currently would just not be there. And um, and I think it's a big market overreaction to, to just a handful of games. Um, both teams playing uh well the, the home team playing away and the away team playing at home and we know how especially down these leagues how important you and how different the away, away uh, home form can be so um yeah so this is just one where I think I, I thinkwinds a value to get back to winning ways at 20, uh, 23 to 20.
0: Yeah I'm picking Charlton in League one the last of our team picks here and it's uh it's a team that we saw live on Sky last Saturday against Portsmouth and I was very impressed by how this Charlton side are playing and they've been in a, a bit of an interesting positional season in which they have really struggled to trouble the top 2 to trouble the automatic places but they've always been essentially a lock in the playoff places and that's an interesting uh, place to be psychologically I suppose you 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 kind of know that you're basically just playing for May and and, and making sure that everyone's in the right Shape in the right situation and in, in, in the, the team are, are looking good. Well, they're certainly positioning themselves very well because their form recently has been very good. That win against uh, Portsmouth last week uh, and then beating Burton as well in midweek. Um, previously, they drew away at Doncaster and beat Wimbledon away. So they are in very good form. They haven't been beaten since the beginning of February. Um, and they're, they're a side that I just like to watch. They're, the diamond formation I mentioned on Monday um, again, uh, as I said, very much the trendy formation at the moment, but they are making it look very good as well. Joe Uribo, um, bursting forward from midfield, they've got a bit of everything in that midfield with Cullen, uh, who can spray it as well. Um, I, I just I, I like Charlton. Uh, I think is 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 probably the idea that you're getting here. So um, I'm keen to to pick them to win. They are away this weekend. Um, away from the Valley, which is uh, a bit of a, a dampener. But that's why the price at 17-10 to 10 for them to beat Bristol Rovers, who admittedly are also on good form, uh, still towards the bottom of the league, um, only three points above the relegation zone. And that's been off the back of some great form from Johnson Clark Harris, uh, a striker that, that we like a lot and who is in a good form at the moment, probably running a little hot. Uh, I think that if Charlton can nullify, nullify his threat... Uh, and impose themselves on the game, then they are uh, a very, very good team. Bristol Rovers, we spoke about the the weaknesses of a diamond formation. Uh, if the opposition are really strong in wide areas and have fullbacks and wingers that can can hurt you, then that can cause problems. Again, Bristol Rovers. This is this is not a strong spot for them. Um, they are a team themselves, pretty much made up of central midfield players, from what I can, um, from what I saw the other day uh, when I watched them play against Sunderland. So uh, I'm going to pick Charlton here at 17 to 10 away at Bristol Rovers. So BTTS and long shot to finish. George, uh, you go first with uh, BTTS pick.
1: Yeah, BTTS. Yes, uh, is Southend against AFC Wimbledon at 17 to 20. A proper top a bottom of the table tussle with AFC Wimbledon looking like feasibly they could do the impossible just four points from safety now. This is a game where where a draw helps absolutely no one with Southend just two points above the drop zone and AFC Wimbledon will have to come into this game, all guns blazing. Um a nil-nil draw helps helps, as I say, does them absolutely no good whatsoever. Looking at previous away games as well recently, um they, they had obviously that four three win over Rochdale, which um, going into the game was, was basically a similar um, game going into it where both teams is basically desperate for a win. There's no chance Southend would be able to get away with with anything other than an attacking onus. And they've struggled to keep clean sheets consistently this season, losing 4-1 at Scunthorpe last time. The two-all draw against Blackpool, conceding three against Barnsley, conceding three against Pompey, um, and then coming back and scoring three, conceding three against Doncaster. Given AFC Wimbledon's um, back-to-back victories, they'll come into this. Uh, with all sorts of confidence. And given its pick and prices at 17 to 20 each side, I think it's far more likely that both teams will notch than than not. So uh, that's the BTTS selection.
0: Yeah, mine is the game between Oldham and Tranmere in League Two. Now, big news yesterday. Paul Scholes resigning as Oldham manager uh, after, well, not much more than weeks in charge, uh, basically citing the fact that uh, he, he didn't feel able to uh, perform the job, or uh, well, he didn't feel like the, the the promises that were being made beforehand were necessarily being kept. Now, the suggestion, of course, uh, is that there's some sort of uh, meddling by the owner Abdallah Lem Segem. Uh, Skulls is not the first person to suggest that that is something that causes problems for managers. There, uh, it uh, seems it seems strange in a way that uh, that he uh, didn't. See this coming, or that he was able to be persuaded that this was not going to be a problem. I mean, I, I literally remember before he was appointed, and it did drag out for a while. There was even an article written about how he'd made it very clear that he wouldn't accept any sort of any sort of input from on high. So, uh, for him to leave just weeks later suggests that um, that was not the case. Um, just in terms of this game against Tranmere, and my BTTS yes pick, um, Oldham have. Fairly consistently scored goals this season, if not fairly consistently got results this season. And especially at home, very high scoring matches. Um, they've scored 31 in their 18 games at home, but they've conceded 24. So um, fairly lively, over three goals a game in their league games at Boundary Park. They've only kept three clean sheets in 18 at home as well. So um, while they, while they, as we know, with the quality that they have individually, they, they can and do create chances um, they're, they're pretty leaky at the back and Tranmere are a team who are on sensational form at the moment they are very much ready to to seize on any mistakes at the back Norwood uh, you know the, the top goal scorer in the EFL so uh, I, I fancy Tranmere certainly to notch in this one so my BTTS is yes and it is Oldham against uh, Tranmere at 10 to 11 uh, which just leaves the long shot
1: yeah I'm going back to my previous winning long shot of kind of October I think Um, And I'm going for Morecambe minus one away at Notts County uh, at seven to one. Nice. We know that this Morecambe team uh, performs very well in games against bottom half teams as well. And they found an unbelievable scoring touch recently. Mm. Uh, Scoring four against MK Dons and three against Forest Green, albeit at home. Um, But I've seen enough over the end of the season to suggest that they're not going to roll over here. And um, what we do know about Notts County, uh, underneath know, a massive uh, hot and cold team. Um, a fantastic result away at Carlisle um, last time out, but we've also seen them concede four against against Cheltenham, four against Newport recently. So I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. It's a game that both teams... It's, I mean, it's unbelievably important for both teams to win. Um, similar to my BTTS pick, they're, they're, a draw here helps absolutely no one. And um, given mm. Morecambe's ability in, in flashes to, to score heavily and given Notts County's ability in flashes... To uh, concede a lot of goals, um, and the way this game will turn out, if Morecambe do take the lead, um, you can see them going on to win it by by, by more than one or two, and uh, and their record alone and beating teams around them in the relegation zone is so good that they're they're a bet just in the win market, and uh, and at seven to one, um, happy to uh, yeah happy to back them minus one.
0: Lovely, I'm backing Colchester and both teams to score in their game. Uh, against Exeter this weekend. Uh, that is 11 to 11-2 with Black Type. Uh, I suppose that this is another interesting game in League 2. It feels like quite a League 2 heavy pod today, <clears throat> but there's a couple of interesting games. And this one is is pretty big in terms of the playoff picture. Uh, you've got Colchester clinging on to seventh spot at the moment. They're one point above Colchester in eighth and two points above Exeter in ninth. But Exeter do have a game in hand. So this game will, will go a long way to, to deciding which one of these teams... Um, will will appear in, in the playoffs in March. If Exeter uh, can beat Colchester, they'll be above them, having played a game less. Uh, but if Colchester can put five points between themselves and Exeter, then uh, Exeter will, you'd think, start to sort of drift away. Um, Exeter not in the best of form. Uh, they've only won one of their last six, uh, and they've lost their last two games at home to Bury and to Tranmere, obviously very good opponents. And I think, I wouldn't put it this way, I wouldn't waste a proper uh, match pick on Colchester because they are so hard to um, so hard to, to to predict they in the last what seven games alone they've won four nil away at Northampton three nil at home to Cheltenham three nil at home to Newport but they've also lost three nil away at Swindon and lost three nil at home to, to Forest Green a couple of one all draws in there so y- you can't be definitive about this but I do think that Colchester at their best are I think better than Exeter at their best Uh, by a a small margin Um, and I do think that that both teams have the the quality to hurt each other Um, Colchester certainly when they play properly um, when they attack well with Smodics and Nuble and Pell from midfield and various other threats uh, Courtney Senior of course uh, they are a, a very good team so I'm just hoping that this is the day where they turn it on uh, I think if they do win, then, then uh, it's good, got a good chance of being both teams to score yes as well. So at 11 to 2, my long shot, Colchester and both teams to score at 11 to 2. Guys, get involved with Scoreball this week. Tweet us your picks at NTT20pod at Bet. We need a game in the EFL that will be nil-nil and a game that will have over 4.5 goals. George, could I ask you to recap your selections for this weekend?
1: Yeah, so my... Nap. I mean, my match in focus is a draw between Oxford and um, Bradford. The NAP is Sheffield Wednesday to beat Blackburn at home. Uh, the League 1 pick is Plymouth to beat Fleetwood. The uh, League 2 pick is Swindon to beat Port Vale at home. BTTS, yes, and Southend against AFC Wimbledon. And Morecambe, minus one for the long shot.
0: Lovely. Uh, my selections for the weekend are uh, in the match in focus. Bradford draw no bet against Oxford at 13-8. to eight. Uh, I'm picking Nottingham Forest in the Championship. I'm picking Charlton in League One and Bury to beat Cambridge as a, a fairly short price nap uh, in League Two. My BTTS shot is yes in Oldham against Tramere and the long shot Colchester and both teams to score away at Exeter. Uh, that's at 11-2. to two. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for waiting until Friday morning. Um, we appreciate your patience and as always, we appreciate your support. And we'll speak again early next week.